What's going on, guys? It is Travis here with the NPCs, and welcome to another weekly news roundup. It is February 10th, 2023. Today, we'll be talking about the Nintendo Direct from this week and all of the things that have been revealed in that and more. Of course, we'll also be talking about more drama in the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King acquisition, all the chaos coming out of Sony with this one, too. And, of course, we'll also be talking about Nintendo announcing a Switch sales record, another one this time, and, of course, also announcing that they won't be laying off anybody in Japan. Shocker, especially with what's going on in the world. But, of course, this is the NPC's Weekly News Roundup, so we are going to just hop right into it. Let me just switch over here to that. There we go. Now we're live. We're up on the air. Of course, again, my name is Travis. That's Kyle over there to the uh, the right left of me right of me here left of me there yes hey Kyle <laughs> what's up well what's up man is there's like we've only got several stories really to talk about tonight but we've got a lot of meat to just those couple stories so I guess what do you think uh first thing actually we should do here before we get in any of the new stuff itself is um kind of talk about the change that's going to be happening here so uh this actually will be the last news live stream that we do for a while um there's a little bit of heavy lifting that goes into setting things up i mean uh, you know there's title card stuff to set up there's other things that go on but at the same time um it's just for the the podcast part itself we you know we take the audio after the news live stream is done and we we put that up on our uh on our podcast platform over on anchor.fm and uh you know, it's just one of those things where it's like with a podcast itself, it's, you know, not necessarily being live. You get a little bit more freedom when it comes to editing things and kind of cleaning it up, making it the way you want. Sometimes with the news live streams, you just kind of, you, you know, you kind of got to just jump in and go. And especially, I'll even admit, I I know this isn't the case for Kyle, it's at least for me, though, is that being a parent, you know, having a kid come up or the, the animals running around, everything else going crazy as it normally does. So that that's my telling of it, of course. But I think Kyle agrees with me at least that you know we're gonna we're gonna pull back on the news live streams at least going forward and and you'll be able to at least catch the news. We'll do weekly news roundups still every week. You'll just have to subscribe to our podcast platform to be able to uh, check those out. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it, it'll be a, a nice change. Uh, give us a little bit of a reprieve. Maybe we can come out with a little bit different content potentially as far as video, but. I think going forward, uh, the new stream is going to remain as podcast, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah, exactly. We've already discussed kind of some new formatting for at least some things that we do put up. Because if you've probably noticed, if you go back and look at our channel, there hasn't really been a steady stream of any sort of content at all. The last thing that was put up was when we had our three-year anniversary last year. And even before that were a couple video game-related things, but a lot of that is just kind of... Whoo, fallen by the wayside unfortunately just because <laughs> life happens to get in the way we don't do this full time this is literally just a part-time gig because we like talking about video games so uh be on the lookout for at least what we're going to be coming up with that may be starting up this next week we'll have to see exactly what's going to happen but in the meantime of course sit back relax and enjoy this week's news roundup here that we are of course doing live right now of course if you're listening to it after the fact you know, there you go. But let's just hop right into it with the first news story for this week, and that is the Nintendo Direct recap. So, yes, that's right. On the 8th of February, that would be Wednesday, Nintendo graced us with around about 40 to 50 minutes of uh, juiciness, at least in regards to things coming out for the Switch. 
uh, through probably at least the next, I would say maybe six months, six months to a year at least is what the timetable looks like for most of this. Um, I mean, Kyle, you actually were able to watch it live. I had to kind of pick up the pieces after the fact. Um, like out of curiosity, when you watched it live, like what was the chat looking like for that though? Like, was it blowing up like mad with everything? Generally, like how Nintendo um, does their stuff. Honestly, uh, I I checked the chat like twice. Um, and it was during the uh, prime announcement and at the very end. Um, other than that, I had the uh, the the actual broadcast full screened. Uh, so I I didn't see any of the chat, unfortunately, that was going on. Other- elsewise that's all right i can at least say that going back and rewatching the nintendo direct yeah it definitely looked like things were hopping things were popping things were going crazy just a lot of good things announced and this is not going to be in the order that things were announced we'll just kind of hop right into it based on the list that we have here and so of course one of the things people are kind of wondering about right now is what's going on with legend of zelda tears of the kingdom well fortunately we had Uh, A brand new trailer dropped from uh, Nintendo showing off some things, at least coming up in uh, the next entry into the Legend of Zelda series, the follow-up to the ever-popular Breath of the Wild. So obviously, we're, of course, back in Hyrule with this game, Kyle, and it Mm -hmm. looks like everything's kind of gone almost like a Skyward Sword style, where you've got a lot of like floating islands and, and not necessarily like full civilizations up in the air, but more like little villages and such that seem to be floating around. Um, but I, I have the audio muted here cause we'll get copyright striked by Nintendo on this one right. pretty fast. Um, but the emphasis of course is that Ganon seems to be back. There's actually a voiceover in here that might be Ganon, might not be. Um, I don't know exactly who it could have been. Um, but yeah, you're basically back exactly where you were in Breath of the Wild. Now, this time, though, you've got some new enemies to take on. You've got some new powers, of course, uh, in your quote-unquote utility belt, I guess, if you want to put it like that. Um, but a lot of the emphasis seems to be on just these new found powers that I guess almost seem like kind of an upgrade to stasis is about what, yeah, I, what I think it is. Or, or you know, at least what what people began to use stasis for anyway um there were there was a lot going on in the trailer i mean the one of the big things of course was the uh car-like vehicle that was uh towards the end of the actual trailer that i i don't know what's what was going on with that but it's almost like they took a a, yeah a page out of like uh the the banjo kazooie nuts and bolts from 360 or something yeah, and a lot of people are saying the same thing. They're making the exact same comparison to that as well. Um, they're making the exact same comparison for uh, uh, for that part exactly, is that it is, it's like, oh, it's like Legend of Zelda meets Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Um, right, and I mean, you get yeah. a drone at, at one point that they showed, so there's definitely lots of different mobility that's going around. Yeah, At one point, they show Link with... Uh, it, it almost looks like an arm that's made of stone or maybe a, a, a prosthetic of some sort. So there there might be some sort of power related to that based on the amoeba that they've announced as well. Uh, kind of hard to say, but that uh, I mean, they're already saying the uh, game is going to be like 18 gigs. So uh, on a physical cartridge... That that means that they have to put it on the largest size 32 gig card. 
Yeah, and that, I guess, has actually now been confirmed to be the largest Switch game release ever now. Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, sets it up for whatever the next console is, because, I mean, you think you're cramming that much stuff in, that next console is going to end up having to read probably that size games, if not even larger. Um, and you got to think about the amount of quality that you could potentially pack into something like that, too. Um, right. But thinking back on the arm part, though, especially like what we saw there in the trailer with Link and that that new ability, it almost gives me like Princess Mononoke vibes where it's like the arm, like he's been touched by some type of curse, like uh, like Ganon touched him with a curse or something. And yeah. the stone, but instead of it being just the arm with the uh, like with the curse on it, instead, it's like it's wrapped up in stone or something like a like a the mythical stones or what have you that are all spread around Hyrule or like what the uh, guardians were made out of. And that's yeah, used to help kind of like keep it under control or something or that too. Yeah. Especially given, yeah. given the fact that, yeah, you start out breath of the wild with him basically awakening. Um, but uh, where it stands right now, though, at least with the game, of course, is it's still on track to release May 12th of this year. Uh, Pre-orders are already up and out there right now, too, which one thing to make note of is that this is, will be the first Nintendo Switch game that will cost $69.99 for the regular version. So Nintendo has finally crossed the threshold and joined its peers at releasing $69.99 games. So Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. this is this is one... Um, I mean, a bunch of the ones that are on the list uh, that were announced are are still regular or lower priced as well. So it, it'll be hard to say if they're going to fully make that jump. But it, I could see them making it with some of the, those first party titles. Yeah, especially. I think that's going to be. Yeah, I think especially first party, like whatever, like the, the sequel to Odyssey, like Mario Odyssey could be or. Um, right. Uh, Oh, what's the other thing there? Um, it's not just Mario Odyssey, but you, you know what I'm getting at. Like, I don't think they announced the price for the upcoming Pikmin title either. But no, they have not. So it's possible that could be the same way too. So yeah, yeah. Hang on, I got a cat playing with my cords down here. You silly cat! <laughs> Literally, I just see these cords bouncing over here, and it's like, what the heck is going on? Silly cat underneath the desk. Anyway, um, so yeah, pre-orders are all up, including the collector's edition. Um, you know, in your standard deluxe edition, collector's edition comes with like a steel book, uh, comes with a, uh, um, oh, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. I'm still streaming here. I've just got some stuff that just seemed like it crashed on me for some strange reason. <laughs> That's all right. I'll get things back up. Oh, I even lost you too, Kyle. Nope. There we go. All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, this is why talking about doing the, uh, the live, uh, the, uh, you know, the stuff not live anymore because we just seem to kind of like have these technical issues that kind of pop up as well too anyway um yeah you get steelbook you get uh i believe some sort of like art scroll as well um you also get some like collector's pins as well um the base game the steelbook that you could put the game in if you want to but again may 12th is when that's going to drop um moving on to the next game though that we had announced as well too this was actually kind of what opened up the direct itself and that happened to be uh pikmin 4 which i gotta tell you I am stoked for another Pikmin title. I am excited to see a Pikmin title. Yeah, and it looks like we're going to get introduced to uh, some more Pikmin as well in this one. So that'll be kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. If like... I'm not mistaken, the, the Ice uh, Pikmin were, weren't in any of the previous games, correct? Uh, as far as I was aware, I don't think... 
think so. Yeah, I think they're one of the newer species we're going to see. But, I mean, bes- besides the uh, ice Pikmin, we also did see the addition of uh, the dog-like creature uh, that seems to be a, 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 basically another assistant that can can potentially take the place of, of 10 Pikmin on some jobs or maybe more, depending on the job. I wonder if it's um, going to be one of those where it might be limited. Like, yeah, it might be able to do the, it might be able to actually have that ability to be like, you know, like you said, 10 Pikmin, but its use is limited. So it's like it saves you from having to use Pikmin for doing anything or for doing something. Yeah. But at the expense, of course, that you only get it every so often. Right, right. And they, they do show the uh, dog being used to like, uh, almost as like a raft to cross water with Pikmin. So, I mean, there there may be more utility that they're not even showing off in the trailer that you'll you'll have to solve more puzzles using the dog and various different Pikmin. So that's kind of another cool aspect uh, out of the game. I mean, Pikmin's been always kind of a unique puzzle game in and of itself, but uh, I don't know. It it just adds another level to it. It does. It it adds another layer of of uniqueness and support to it though especially no you make an excellent point on that um you know it definitely is updated you know graphics wise and such so you know it this definitely looks exactly like you'd expect it to for you know being a, a modern title but of course it's it's pikmin and you know it, it doesn't right. mean it loses any of its cartooniness it doesn't lose any of its of the luster that we've come to know and love in this game series itself and i'm just really excited that it's it's coming out here very soon um, I yeah. don't know if I had the date written down anywhere for it, though. Um, I believe they made mention of something about it sometime this year, but I can't remember when. Let me see if I can find my notes. Because, shoot, yeah. even the July... uh, last Pikmin release um, that they had was, uh, was, was just the Wii U version, and that was, what, two years ago now? That's what it feels like. Uh I yeah. found the date here, July 21st. So, yeah, this year is when the game's going to come out. So this summer's yeah. going to be a fun one to have that, especially. Um, moving on, though, of course, we move on to something that Kyle's actually very excited for. And that happens oh, yeah. to be none other than Advance Wars uh, 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. So how do you feel about this one, mm-hmm. Kyle? Finally. Finally. Oh, man. I, it's it's kind of funny that they announced this because um, what was it? Literally two or three days ago, uh, you and I were talking uh, while, while we were playing, uh, I think Final Fantasy or something, and uh, about you know what 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 the future uh, direct is going to be about, what day it was going to land, and I I had kind of you know made a guess that they were going to try and shadow drop Advance Wars. Not quite a shadow drop, but I'm I'm still really really pumped for this one. Uh, it's one of my all time favorites from Game Boy Advance, and to get both of them in a single pack is just awesome. And it wasn't. I have to admit, it was not one that I myself played. Like I didn't. I think I might have attempted Advance Wars, but I think something about the strategy as a kid like eluded me that I couldn't actually like mm-hmm. pick it up or something. I I I can't explain it. But that's just kind of what sits in my head there making me think like I there was something about this, though, that I just didn't have nailed down right. And that's where I kind of lost interest with it. But because this is coming back and maybe my attention span isn't as bad, I can give this one a shot, though, too. Heck, yeah. 
but it comes out um, in April. Of, you don't have long, at least. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, it comes out April twenty first, so that that'll be awesome. Um, really, really pumped for it. Because uh, I, I mean, uh, what was it? As of this month, I believe it's actually been delayed a year at this point. So, or maybe it was it was actually April that it was del- delayed a year from that time. So I think so because the announcement and, was last year, but then yeah, of course, all of the upheaval there yeah. in Ukraine really threw it off because I believe the main developers right. for Advance Wars are out of the Ukraine area, right? Uh, I don't believe so on that one. I think it was just uh, kind of in uh, almost like in solidarity, Nintendo decided uh, to not release it or to um, drop a war game in the midst of this thing starting up, maybe, right? Too, yeah. Right, yeah, don't, don't want to be releasing violent things during a, a time where there's tension in the world, so yeah, that's true. Uh, that's but true. Car- carrying on from that, of course, there was the uh, Splatoon 3 battle pass that re- was revealed. Um, of course, it is going to be paid for DLC for Splatoon 3. Uh, with the first pack, I believe, launching right after the uh, the the show. Um, and they they were relaunched relaunching Inkopolis uh, with the expansion. Uh, with later on, it looks like some sort of mysterious story about the return of Inkopolis. Uh, and actually, it sounds like everything will be ex- accessible in Inkopolis as it is in the new town uh from Splatoon 3 but uh just your your classic skins and of course um I, now I I have their figures behind me and I can't even think of their names um yeah For- the original two uh squid hosts will actually be performing concerts uh during Splatfests oh. uh in, in that's an interesting development yeah, so it, it'll be kind of cool. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's neat regardless, at least. I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, still fans to this day of Splatoon, and the fact that oh, we've yeah. been able to get three games of it and that Nintendo's been able to actually work to create a a multiplayer game that actually is held up rather well outside of, you know, Smash Brothers um, in regards mm-hmm. to, like, online-type play. Uh, well, and in competitive online play, too. Yeah, so. especially... Especially that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, of course, yeah, you're right. Those are coming down the line here through spring is when those, of course, were all going to be dropping out there. I didn't see any direct dates or anything that mentioned or even said anything that's like, oh, it's available after the direct now. Uh, but I will. Oh, okay, so, yeah, the the first one I want to say might be the, probably spring then. Uh, the last one is supposed to be end of the year. Yeah. But so a little bit of a wait on that second one. But you know what was available right after the direct, though, Kyle? Oh, something that, I was another thing I was really pumped for, actually. <laughs> yeah. And that is the fact that we have now got Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket and Game Boy Advance games heading to Nintendo Switch Online. So if you are a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber, just like you've been able to get the uh uh, you've been able to get games for the Super Nintendo, Nintendo. If you're a member of Expansion Pass, you have uh, Sega games, and you've also got Nintendo 64 titles. Now, you can also go ahead and take Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games with you. Uh, so we've got, of course, the, the showcase here going behind our head there, showing off some of the games here, like Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. Um, I believe they, they just showed there at the beginning the um, original Tetris game for Game Boy, which was really the biggest seller for Game Boy 
um, like right off the bat. Um, they've got Gargoyles Quest, which is just a Ghouls and Goblins spinoff um, game and watch gallery here. Uh, but needless to say, though, is that like they have released all these uh, games out there and that have already showcased some of the games that are going to be coming out soon, too. Things such as um, uh, like the Pokemon trading card game that we played as kids on the Game Boy Color is going to be coming out for Switch Online uh, for this set of it. And uh, there was another one I saw that was stuck in my head, too. I think it was an F-Zero title. but That might have been Game Boy Advance. Um, so even with all these titles, of course, they're going to be playable the same way that they were back in the day uh, on your uh, Game Boy. Uh, you could also change the filters on it. So whether you want to play in the original Game Boy style, you want to play in the Game Boy Pocket style or Game Boy Color, you can do that. Um, and then any game that has multiplayer capability to it, uh, from that period in time, we'll actually have it as well. There it was. Oracle of Seasons and Ages were the ones I was actually forgetting right there. Um, those uh, games that did have some type of multiplayer to them or even some that have been tweaked to add it, you'll be able to do that either online or local. Online, of course, with your friends. However, on the Game Boy Advance side, not only will you have multiplayer support, though, for titles that are going to be coming out, things such as um, Minish Cap, you've got... Um, You've got Super Mario, you've got, um, yeah, was that, Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, F-Zero, I know, is going to be one of the ones here. Um, you've got, um, yeah, WarioWare. Uh, the key thing, though, is that this is going to be locked behind the expansion pass paywall. So you're not going to be able to just go get your Nintendo Switch uh, online subscription and be able to play Game Boy Advance games. They're all going to be locked behind that uh, expansion pass paywall. So you're going to have to go to Expansion Pass. But again, remember, that gets you uh, access, of course, to Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games, too. So if you're one who played more stuff on the Game Boy Advance and maybe there's a couple titles that they show off here that you want to play again, then, you know, it might be worth it for you. But are you excited for any of the titles that they showed off in here, Kyle? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, quite a few of the GBA titles, uh, Metroid, uh oracle of uh seasons and oracle of ages um i uh, shoot pretty much all the game boy advance games minish cap uh wario where uh they they showed one of the super marios and then of course mario kart for the the game boy advance i really enjoyed that version uh of course you know they are launching the uh new uh I want to say season of the Mario Kart expansion as well, but I mean, right. Golden Sun, F-Zero, I could waste hours on just Game Boy Advance alone, honestly. Oh, yeah, and the fact that it's like you can download them and just take them with you on the go, though, too. Mm -hmm. I was kind of hoping, you have to forgive me for this, Kyle, but I know that like when they had announced it, I was kind of hoping that you could just ditch using the Joy-Cons, turn, um, turn the Switch... Uh, sideways so it was in portrait and then just use on-screen mm -hmm. buttons to control the game boy games oh yeah <laughs> not game boy advance specifically but i'm talking like game boy so you've got it sitting up you know like a like a phone for example you know in in this in this way instead and then you could just you know hold it and play that way i don't know there was just something about it that i thought it's like man that would be cool for them to do but i know that's that's <laughs> not how it's gonna work so i'll just i'll sit back here in my little hole kind of hoping Meh. for the best in the future so Never know. Never know. Maybe they'll they'll come out with a filter for it. It'll be like the sideways filter, and it just puts it like the uh, control pads at the bottom. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, 
some of the other stuff announced though too before we get into this other big one at least uh we had a tease for a new professor layton game a uh, new world it's called professor layton in the new world of steam but they have not done anything other than just teased it you know stuff like coming soon um Xenoblade Chronicles expansion uh, for, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Volume 3 expansion pass. A bunch of JRPG stuff as well, too, especially one uh, called Sea of Stars. Uh, Dance game Mm -hmm. called Samba de Amigo Party Central. That one, of course, looks more like you're going to actually hold on to the Switch controllers, to the Joy-Cons. Yeah, that one's like another one in the vein from the Samba de Amigo from the Dreamcast era with the where they, they launched the $150 Maracas uh for the console that were only good for one game and you only got one set of maracas and it didn't even include the game um no kidding of course this is more like dance central mixed with some samba de omega um i I, i'm samba de omega always had that kind of effect to it where you had to do the poses and whatnot but i i feel like it definitely leans towards the the dance central or aspect of it um leaning into that party central um side of things yeah but it does yeah continuing on um fashion dreamer um a new game basically about becoming a fashion influencer you wander around talk to people tell them you like their fashion you get to um emulate other people's fashion and then you can connect i believe they said you can connect online and trade fashions with other people so kind of an odd Odd aspect, I, uh, yeah. (laughs) That is an interesting one, but, I mean, there's obviously, with what Nintendo consoles are generally, like, targeted at anyway, you know, more family-friendly, more more of that type of stuff. the audience is so broad anymore, too. Oh, that, especially on the Switch, yeah. It's very broad. Um, Yeah, we had that. Tron Identity got a new trailer, too, of course. That's going to be a visual novel Tron game, which I'm kind of excited about but also kind of disappointed i wanted something more like uh tron evolution but Mm -hmm. oh well dead cells uh they did talk more about the uh castlevania expansion that is upcoming where um you'll get to i believe they said it's something like 13 classic weapons uh 29 original tracks with eight remastered tracks uh from the game uh but it looks like it it is going to have more of a uh castlevania aspect to it rather than just be straight dead cells uh so it seems like there is its own story uh to go along with that one um and then of course ghost trick that was um i believe a ds game uh that one you basically are someone that dies in an accident and then using your ghost powers you have to prevent the uh deaths of other people hmm yeah, it kind of looks interesting. You get to solve puzzles um, by using your ghost powers to manipulate objects to prevent other people's deaths. So Interesting. Okay. Um, we got stuff like, what is it? Uh, DECA Police anime detective game uh, where you train, and I roll my eyes at this, in the metaverse. Um, you got Bayonetta, Cereza, and the Lost Demon. There's a new gameplay trailer out for that. Of course, we don't have that one up right now. Disney's Illumination Island coming out on the 28th of July. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage, uh, they've got DLC announced. It's getting Veronica from Fire Emblem Heroes as DLC. Uh, mm-hmm. Harmony, The Fall of Reverie is a game that's coming from Don't Nod, and that's coming out this June. I think that's another JRPG. 
Um, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Octopath Traveler 2 got a trailer. And then if you're a Switch Online subscriber, I believe you can grab the demo of that and play that. Uh, and then and a- the save actually does transfer over from the demo to the uh, actual game, which is something that's been more common with, with Square Enix games. So. Yeah, and that's one of those things I remember like really liking about uh, Nintendo demos as of late is that it seems like they mm-hmm. really do, um, they really do, or, or at least the devs there are willing to put out the effort there to make sure that the demo stuff will work with the actual in-game stuff too. That you can carry over some of that progress. It's one of those. I think it's another selling point to kind of help that it's like, oh, you played our demo. Well, guess what? You go buy the game now. All that work you put in can come on. Okay. Right. Clawing my legs to death. Okay, you can come on up here, and we'll talk about Nintendo stuff, Kitty Cat. Okay, as I put a <laughs> Kitty Cat in my lap now because he keeps on clawing at me. Um, uh, we Heart Katamari Reroll is going to be dropping June second, so Reroll being a uh, uh, remaster of it, and then uh, that demo also again is up, but it's only for Switch Online subscribers. Uh, Magalore Epilogue for Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. I did not actually see that one in the direct. I must have missed that one. Which one was that one about, Kyle? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember Rain Code. Uh, I do remember the Magalore. Uh, was kind of cool. It looked like you get to get to play as one of the bad guys from the Kirby games. Okay. So that was that was kind of neat. Hmm. Um. The uh, they are doing a remount remaster of uh, Baton Kaitos uh, one and two from the GameCube, the uh, epic card battler, epically long actually, as well. Um, so that'll be coming out later this year. Um, Fantasy Life will be getting a new entry as well. Um, for, for those that, that enjoy the uh, Fantasy Life series, and of course. As I said said before, um, the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 4 DLC uh, comes out this spring with Birdo uh, being added to the roster. So, very nice. Get to get to enjoy playing as Birdo again. All right, goodbye, cat. I need to send you on your way. <laughs> Go over there. No, no, stop, stop it. No, no, Ben, Ben, come here and grab your cat, please. He is literally attacking me. You take him. Thank you, sir. Okay. Had to have the kid grab the cat. Thank you. All right. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and hop into the last little bit here of the announcement stuff. And this was definitely, I think, the bigger surprise for people anyway, though, too, is that we've been waiting on news for Metroid Prime 4 for a while now. Mm -hmm. One of the things that came up, though, so far is that you could pre-order the game, but we haven't seen anything else about it. So, of course, we've been given sort of a filler here with... uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. That's right. The game that definitely set records on the GameCube is back on the Switch and is available digitally now and physically starting, I believe, next week or the week after. But 21st. The 21st. So not this next yep. week, but the week after. Yeah. So you're talking about a game that seriously really, you know, changed the perspective of things that you actually would play. Uh, or how you'd actually play Metroid uh, with Samus Aran and put it into a first-person shooter-type you know, configuration. None of the side-scrolling sort of action. But now, it's available for you to play on the Switch. Well, and not only that, what people thought uh, Nintendo co- uh, console was capable of as far as graphics, and 
they've honestly outdone themselves from everything that I've heard. Um, the the new iteration, of course, did have a few different teams working on it, but uh, with all the the effort and long hours that they put into it, it definitely shows. Um, graphically, it just looks uh, fantastic. Like that that jump for for the system that it needed that the GameCube got when it was released on the GameCube. I feel like maybe the Switch gets a little bit of that, even though that it is a re-release. You know that song, Kyle? The cat came back the very next day. The cat came back again. As you're talking to me, the cat literally came back and started clawing at me. (laughs) So the cat came back and is in my lap again. Um, No, you're right, though, about like the graphics part, especially like with the GameCube, is because the GameCube was up against some heavy hitters. The introduction Mm -hmm. of a new competitor being the Xbox, uh, Sony continuing to dominate, of course, by introducing the PlayStation 2, which could play games and, of course, play uh, DVDs. So, of course, right. Nintendo had to do their own wacky thing by using mini discs and a literal cube of a console that had some expansion ports along the bottom of it to be able to make it do more than what the base console, you know, offered at least. But, you know, it, you were right, though, is that it definitely was one of those things that kind of had to basically say that... Nintendo was capable of putting out a, at that time, we didn't really use the term AAA title, but they were able to put out a top tier, you know, game that looked good and showed that it's like, hey, yes, these are the possibilities on our console. And I think we got some of that still down the line. I didn't say like, I wouldn't say like every single game we got on the GameCube was something that looked great. But you could go back and look at like Twilight Princess, you could look at, um, you could look at Star Fox Adventures. Um, just to name a few, you know, those were games mm-hmm. that really did set like the the actual bar for graphics on the GameCube. But of right. course, the GameCube was still was still successful, just not at the level that I think Nintendo was hoping it was going to be. But of course, that was just because there was a new entrant into the market, and of course, Sega was on their way out as well too, because the Dreamcast hadn't done as well. So right. yeah, but I mean, you. You're waiting till the physical stuff drops here in a couple of weeks, right? To pick up Prime. Unfortunately, yeah, I was gonna wait for the physical copy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I've watched uh, probably about two minutes of footage. I don't wanna I don't wanna look at too much, um, just because I I want to be able to experience it myself. But everything I've heard is is just nothing but positive about about that one. So. Same definitely era. worth the pickup if you haven't played it, it you have to go pick it up because it, it just it changed the metroid format forever honestly it did yeah and if you really think about it we haven't really seen anything else since then that actually does that i know we got a little mm-hmm. bit of that with the the more recent metroid title that came out in uh what was it uh it wasn't this last october it was two years ago 2021 but um, it was still your your side scrolling type Metroid game that everybody's come to know and love is like kind of the normal thing. Uh, but Serpent Knight makes a great comment here though. He says in chat, "What excites me about the Metroid Prime Remaster is that they're bringing back the target lock from the GameCube version that got nixed in its re-release on the Wii. So that means that this version that we're getting here for the Switch is actually the uh, save for you know some graphical updates and such is the more true to original version, except." For one thing, Kyle, 
and I don't know if you noticed mm-hmm. this or not, but I've been hearing this about the like I've been hearing this complaint wise online. Apparently, um, and I remember this though too, is that in the GameCube version, when there was a bright enough explosion or flash, you could actually see the reflection of Samus's face on the inside of her visor. You can't in this one now. Oh, really? Yeah, so that little nuanced bit there where it's like you'd have a big flash and you'd actually be able to see like the kind of silhouetted reflection, you know, blurryish reflection there of uh, Samus's face onto her visor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have that anymore now. That kind of makes me wonder if that's that's the system or maybe that's just something they forgot to, you know, re-put in, you know, trying to perfect and and, and make everything look so good. Um, in, in, in translating it over to, to the, uh, switch. So I don't know. It'd be hard to say without, you know, directly interviewing all the teams and saying what happened here. But yeah. Um, yeah. But there is definitely more that came out from the direct. Uh, Of course, we really focused on a lot of the big ones and kind of just jumped through the list of the other things that were announced. But if you want to see more, go check out the direct yourself. Of course, you can catch all that over on Nintendo's YouTube page. Of course, while we did talk about all the good news, let's talk about some of the more annoying and frustrating news. And that is additional drama in the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King acquisition saga. So we got three specific things here to talk about. We'll start with the first one here is where uh, Bobby Kotick, the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, has said Sony is trying to sabotage the acquisition. Uh, so he goes on here to say, oops, sorry, let me silence my phone there. Uh, he goes on, I guess he was talking to the Financial Times after the uh, UK's Competitive and Markets Authority uh, said the deal could reduce competition. But Kodak goes on to say that suddenly Sony's entire leadership team stopped talking to anyone at Microsoft. I think this is all Sony just trying to sabotage the transaction. The whole idea that we're not going to support a PlayStation or that Microsoft would not support the PlayStation, it is absurd. So uh, it, it seems like Bobby Kodak is actually kind of frustrated because it seems like all conversation has stopped. Although it seems like conversation may have stopped at the corporate level in the sense of... I guess whatever needs to happen needs to happen. But it seems like some of the other conversation may have, like some other conversation must be continuing because there's some exclusive stuff going on, at least it looks like for uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, I believe for Warzone-related stuff coming up with Season 2 here soon, that's targeted specifically at the PlayStation 5. So obviously there is still a line of communication between Activision and uh, Sony, but not between Sony and Microsoft. And Kodak is just kind of, over it and i I hate to say this i'm kind of in in codex you know uh, i'm kind of in on the side of codex here on this one that you know sony very well may have actually just stopped conversation and it's just it's it's frustrating you know i as much as i i hate being on that that dude's side because of everything in the last two years that we've covered um i think i am too um I feel like it is Sony just cutting off uh, ties as far as communication goes and saying, no, we're not going to negotiate any longer. We've told you there that we don't want it to happen, so it's not going to happen. And I, I don't think that's necessarily quite fair. I mean, it's almost like, well, you missed your opportunity to buy it, so you bought something else and now you're you're having regret that you missed out on Activision Blizzard, because if you think about the timeline between 
that the announcement of this deal and them announcing that they were going to purchase Bungie and the entire Bungie deal going down. It's like stuff didn't quite add up as far as like Sony's qualms go. You know, they they've made their big purchase um as well. I they've got Destiny and frankly the guys that that created the the Halo franchise. So what do they really have to complain about? They are they really that afraid that they can't come up with a first person shooter and you know the next year they they're they're they still got two in the vaults that they could uh revitalize and probably make bank on honestly they very well could yeah there's a lot of them like even one example that was brought up that they could follow cat stop playing with my mouse cable please um is that uh oh my god stop playing with my mouse cable Jesus Christ. Again, this is why recording offline would be anyway. Um one of the things is like it's like they could resurrect um resistance or kill zone Mm -hmm. or or um SOCOM. We've talked about this like several times before, but it's coming up in the conversations again though, is that it's like Sony has the ability to foster competition by bringing competition back, especially for those beloved games such as uh um, such as uh, um, what do I say here? Um, Kill Zone and Resistance and such. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. Um, but that's just the big thing, though, is that they they could do it. But obviously, of course, all the arguments right now go against um, uh, what do I say here? Go against you know, it's like oh, it's all got to be Call of Duty stuff. See, and I, it's almost like that's like Sony trying to say we. You know, we only want to prove that, you know, you you can play the game that everyone else can play on our system too. But it, you know, if it's if it's gone ever, then we're we're screwed. I don't think that's the case. I think that gives them the the chance to prove their excellence in other other forms. Um, you know, and they're they're just not they're they're. Oh, it's almost like they're trying to avoid being creative, honestly, and they're trying to just pay for other people's creativity and just letting it go on the wayside for the time being. Possibly. I mean, that could very well be it, is that it's like they've they've driven enough innovation with a lot of the stuff that they've done, but it's like it's not mm-hmm. an excuse to not reintroduce some of these things, though, anyway, and to continue to rely on this one franchise to help with things here. But... I, you know, everybody seems to think that this is centered on Call of Duty, which makes sense. But I mean, you know, even like what it comes down to for part of this as well is that it's like um, the uh, um, sorry, hang on. My daughter has decided to hop out of bed here. So um, <laughs> you're good. Yeah, there we go. OK, she ran off there. Um, it, it's like an example here is that it's like the UK regulators here. This kind of moves on a little bit more in our stories. This kind of jumps here. Um, is that UK regulators think that they should spin off the Call of Duty part of the business, which, you know, really for Activision, that's like, what, 98% of the business, given that every developer under Activision's umbrella, save for the Blizzard folks, are working on Call of Duty? At the moment, yeah. Um, you think about it, all the other franchises that they that they put in cold storage just so they could have those teams work on call of duty instead tony hawk spyro 
you name it. It it's in the it's in the vault right now because all those teams, Toys for Bob, uh, oh, shoot, net, uh, is it never, never was soft? It never soft. It, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it was still never soft. Yeah. yeah, never soft. They all got absorbed, and they all got instead of continuing to work on the projects that they were ex- working on successfully for Activision, they were put onto Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. And so, like what, um, like what the UK regulator says here on this is, they provided in their report four different things: divestiture of the business associated with Call of Duty. Again, that's going to be all of Activision. Divestiture of Activision segment of Activision Blizzard Inc. Again, same thing. Divestiture of the Activision segment and the Blizzard segment, which that just seems like again the same thing. And then prohibition of the merger. Um, so basically, it'd be one of those things where it's like they would go to sell off the sections that they would need to to be able to make this happen. And could we potentially have that happen maybe as the way for this to work where Activision Blizzard do actually separate and then Microsoft picks up Blizzard on its own instead? I mean, the possibility is there it... about that happening, but I don't know because Activision has a lot under its belt, but because it's been so heavily invested in its Call of Duty titles, I mean, I don't know. It's almost like they're they're saying, well, you you can still buy them, but they have to sell off three-quarters of their licenses, so you're buying a hollow company. In a manner of speaking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like what they said here is like, these are provisional findings, which means the CMA sets forth its concerns in writing, and both parties have a chance to respond. Um, let's see. Uh, we hope between now and April, we'll be able to help the CMA better understand our industry to ensure they can achieve their stated mandate to promote an environment where people can be confident they are getting great choices and fair deals, where competitive, fair dealing business can innovate and thrive, and where the whole UK economy can grow productively and sustainably. And that was from Activision Blizzard spokesperson Joseph uh, Christinat, uh, or Christinat, probably if I butchered that there. I mean, we already know that the whole thing's facing scrutiny anyway, but the idea, though, of everything being split off to make it work, um, you know, I've seen that happen, of course, anyway. We've seen that happen with other mergers where some parts have to be sold off. Um, Like, you know, like when T-Mobile and Sprint came together, um, you know, they had to sell off parts of the business there. Um, I think it was the same way, like when uh, AT&T and um, DirecTV came together, there were some things that had to be sold off there as well. You know, that's part of it itself. It's a little interesting in the game side of it, though, especially. Like, it's it's very interesting because of how rooted the rest of the Activision org is just really in developing Call of Duty instead of those original core titles that they were all, you know, better off with. Um, but... In the last bit, at least on the drama part here, though, is that Sony's actually saying that Microsoft is harassing them um, for information. So, of course, because this is all court-related right now and there there's discovery filings, like, you know, they want to, like, Sony needs to see things from Microsoft. Microsoft needs to see things from Sony. Sony is basically saying that Microsoft is asking for so much detail um, that it's actually basically becoming borderline harassment. They're asking for things like... Uh, they're asking for files on Sony execs, including performance reviews. Um, they're also talking about, I guess, there are some other documents. I'd seen another article on this, too. 
uh, Sony had actually put in their filing. They had said, Microsoft's demand for performance reviews for SIE leadership is obvious harassment. Even in employment cases, courts require a specific showing of relevance before requiring production of personnel files. This is not an employment case. And of course, uh, the judge over the actual case right now uh, sided with Sony on this one. So that means at least that whatever's going on with Sony right now, at least, you know, or at least whatever's being asked of them, um, it's, I guess they believe it's at least at the level that they don't need to deliver on some of these things. Interesting. I, I don't know it to that level. It almost sounds, it almost sounds far-fetched. Why would you be asking for employee performance reviews? I mean, I could understand asking about, you know, the, the performance of a game, you know, or oh, over a certain course of time or about the a certain game's launch, you know, five, ten years ago uh, um, because Sony would have that access to that record and they'd be the most the ones most readily available to give the answer uh, or most accurate answer anyway. Um, in fact, I, I would think that would be something they might be proud of, you know, especially if it was a big number to share. But Microsoft asking for employee reviews and, and performance reports and stuff, that that's just seems a little bonkers. Why would they do that? That's, yeah, I guess it depends on how far they want to go in regards to actually finding things out here. But, yeah, there are some things about that that just seem a little off, but we don't know the full length of... <laughs> excuse me, of information that was requested as a part of discovery. Um, yeah, but I mean, on the on the other hand, if it did go to court um, and they did side with Sony, I mean, obviously there was a ruling carried out, so there there had to have been some sort of truth found in in the actual case contended before before Sony. So yeah, or brought before Sony. So yeah, it's mm, it's, it's interesting to think about, but. I am curious to think about exactly like how much stuff they are asking for and at the end what that's going to really look like in regards to the, the case here itself. Like uh, right. Microsoft even said it's like Microsoft are, has already told SIE it would consent to a fourth extension of time to negotiate issues related to the scope of the subpoena's request. But Microsoft believes that court intervention is required now on one issue, whether SIE will collect and produce documents from certain custodians. So they think that so Microsoft's putting it out here that says like well if they're holding up like this saying that it's harassment then it could also be construed as stalling that Sony is basically trying to make it so that way they um you know that they stall all the way through up until I guess some certain probably time frame or what have you I don't know yeah probably till some sort of time frame runs out that that the deal can't be potentially closed on or maybe you know it causes some sort of financial duress on a on one of the two companies that they actually have to pull out uh, of, you know, any acquisition deal, um, allowing Sony to either swoop in or another company to swoop in and and be like an angel investor and and save that that company. I I don't know. There there's lots of potentially negative or adverse things that could turn out a, a, after that. Uh, but I, I I just would like this whole thing to get resolved. Unfortunately. This is another one that it just it's spiraling out of control. 
It really is. It, it's just it, it keeps going and going, and we're coming up closer and closer to the deadline that they wanted to close this out, which I think was June of this year. So we've got a very interesting, I guess, several months ahead of us to see exactly what else is going to play out here in the courts. Um, but let's move on to our last story here for the uh, for the evening before we get into our quest markers, and that is about Nintendo uh, again. Of course, I know we talked direct stuff, but Nintendo also had their uh, financial reporting out, and they made it clear that the Nintendo Switch has cleared 122 million units sold, which means that it has now surpassed a new record and has actually now sold more than the Game Boy and Game Boy Color, which originally hit a record of 118.69 million, and Sony's PlayStation 4 at 117.2 million units. So that means that the Switch is still by far one of the better selling consoles out there, but it still apparently have a way, it has a way to go until it hits the DS's uh, record of 154.02 million and PlayStation 2 155 million. So, well, it got a ways to go. I don't know. It, 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 I will say, like, three, six months ago, I, w- I would say, you, you know, they were right on track. But then I I saw some of the Famitsu news today uh, over the last week. Um, and actually, last month, uh, Sony dominated the, the sales charts for consoles. And that, too, put, yeah. Yeah, it actually put uh, the Switch, I believe it was in third place. Uh, this is the first time in like 13 months that they've been uh, anywhere but first place on that list. So I wonder if that's kind of a sign. Crazy. That, I wonder if that's more of a sign that the 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 supply chain issues have kind of subsided for Sony. I wonder if that's the case. I, I think, you think potentially that's... partially. Yeah. Uh, but it is the Famitsu sales chart as well, and you also have to keep in mind that uh, during the initial launch uh, of the PS5. And and the, the Xbox, of course, because that was in the number two spot on the sales chart for last month. Um, they really focused uh, heavily on the U.S. market. So I, I feel like there were more consoles out in the wild in the U.S. market than than you were able to see out in like Europe or or in the Asian market or you know in any of the other markets for that matter. It, I, there was just more here in the U.S. Um, as far as both Sony and and X or and Microsoft, uh, but now at the start of the year, yeah, the the supply chain has come back, and I feel like they are hitting the the Japanese market in particularly specifically hard because it's one market that they've lacked in uh, since the the launch of the console. Yeah, yeah, especially since. Um, so on Nintendo's front, especially here, is that they say they're probably not going to sell as many. Um, Switch is, of course, going into the second quarter because it seems like we might be at a stage now where the people who want to Switch already have it. Um, it's expecting potentially 18 million by the end of March. Uh, and then 20 million... Yeah, they were originally predicting 19 million in the previous quarter and 21 million before, but now they're predicting about 18. So they're looking at least a downturn there. But that doesn't mean that we're going to be short of it, though, is that it could be spiked by the actual titles that we have coming out over the next few months, which we just talked about. Um, so yeah, they've even list here. So on video games Chronicle, they actually list out the top, uh, 10 best selling switch games as of the end of these, uh, end of 2022, 
Mario Kart 8 at number one, Animal Crossing New Horizons at two, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate at three, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at four, Pokemon Sword and Shield at five, Super Mario Odyssey at six, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at uh, seven, uh, Super Mario Parties at eight, Ring Fit Adventures at nine, and Pokemon Let's Go is at number 10. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely sales going on there, especially for the fact that, like, the number seven top-selling game for the Switch is Scarlet and Violet, and that game only just came out. And, of course, you can see here, 20.61 million units sold since that game came out, and that's only, I think, over, what, a two-month period because that game came out in November, I think? Yeah. Um, but the other part, of course, at least to the news, though, is that um, kind of talking about here, it's that other part about the no layoffs in Japan. So outside of the Switch record, of course, though, is that Nintendo, of course, is a tech company. We're currently seeing a lot of upheaval in the tech world, of, uh, specifically as it relates to layoffs. Of course, all the big companies have been doing layoffs, Google, Microsoft. Um, we've been seeing them, of course, out of Amazon, uh, Facebook or, or Meta, however you want to call it there. Um, you know, a lot of these big tech companies have been laying people off. However, it looks like Nintendo, even though it said it was lowering its forecast for Switch sales and that uh, a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of a decline in profit, excuse me, they are not going to be laying anybody off and instead will be actually providing a raise um, of 10 percent, 10 salary increase to all of its staff in Japan. So that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't lay people off, but at least the way it looks in Japan right now is that they're actually going to be taking care of their people there. Um, so in the article, it says, according to Reuters, Nintendo president uh, Shintaro, yeah, Shintaro Furukawa told an earnings call on Tuesday that, quote, it's important for our long-term, long-term growth to secure our workforce. So they are doing this raise, though, mostly because they are... Um, uh, mostly because they want to make sure that they are taking care of their people. He even goes on, like, um, let's see, yeah. The article says here, as many pointed out in the wake of the wave of the efficient tech layoffs in January, beloved former Nintendo president uh, Satoru Iwata once said, if we reduce the number of employees for better short-term financial results, employee morale will decrease. I sincerely doubt employees who fear they may be laid off will be able to develop software titles that can impress people around the world. So Furukawa may very well be actually following uh, Iwata's advice on how to actually handle the employees and the situation, of course, that they're in right now. So good on you, Nintendo. Good Heck on you. yeah. Yeah. Take care of your people. Um, but because, of course, we were pretty loaded down with news there for those three things, that is it for the main news here. And I believe, Kyle, we have, um, we have ourselves, what, one quest marker for today yeah all of the one quest marker for today that was all i could kind of come up with i was kind of running short um but that's okay i i felt like this was one of the littlest biggest quest markers um of the week so let's just get right into it uh with team fortress 2 planning on releasing a quote-unquote full-on update sized update Um, Wow. Of course, yeah, Team Fortress 2 launched 16 years ago. Um, And while while the game has had uh, some updates for summer events that they've 
uh, launched. Uh, I want to say it's just been uh, a few skins um, dur during the updates or a few items. Uh, this one will a actually is promising items, skins, maps, taunts, unusual effects, and more to be added to the game. So it, it is definitely the biggest update the, the game has seen in probably, I want to say, a good six or eight years, uh, if not longer. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty awesome that, that, I mean, Valve has just been killing it in the last year with the, the release of the Steam Deck. And this is right on the tail end of, you know, having the Index release, and it was an excellent unit. Uh got a lot of praise for a vr unit um and yeah they they just keep rolling uh of course the one one thing to add about about it is uh the update they are calling on community help uh for content for the update so if you've got some old projects that you've been working on uh for team fortress 2 maybe it's time to dust off that code and uh, submitted into the community uh, projects to see if it makes it into the newest update. Awesome. But with that, that is it for the quest marker. Yeah, that uh, is it. Week. That is. And because <laughs> that is the only quest marker we have, of course, that means that is the end of the weekly news roundup for the week of November 10th, 2023. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us here in what will probably be the last news roundup live stream at least for some time of course don't worry though we will be back of course with different content coming up here on the channel as time goes on but of course there will still be a weekly news roundup but in podcast form so be sure to go subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice you can find us on our homepage at anchor.fm slash the dash npcs dash podcast and you can find us there either you can either subscribe directly on there itself or you can find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, things such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are probably on it. Follow us on social media and, of course, follow us here on YouTube. So when the new content does start coming up, you'll be able to grab onto it right away and check in with us as things continue on. With all of that, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's News Roundup. We will catch you all next time. Laters. <laughs>